0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the world premiere of our new limited series, Marketer Pitch Presents Short Takes. I'm Yesenia Reynoso, one half of the squad, and to the opposite end of, uh, of the spectrum is my good friend, partner, and marketing guru himself, Corey Davis. Hey,
1: everybody. Happy, happy 2023 and virtual no more. Yesenia and I are happily joined together in a nice hotel in New York City to present our first episode of Short Takes. I'm so excited to really get into this because I have a lot to say today.
0: Absolutely, and I am so ecstatic that we are launching a brand new show under the Marketer Pitch umbrella. This is something that both Corey and I have discussed for quite some time since the season 3 ending of our regular podcast Marketer Pitch, which by the way will be making its annual will be making its return. This fall. Uh, but anyway, uh, wanted to welcome our entire Marketer Pitch family. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you are listening across major podcasting airwaves, either domestically or internationally, welcome. And also, please don't forget to follow, share, comment, and most importantly, subscribe to Marketer Pitch at Marketer Pitch across Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube.
1: Yes, And today we have a special show, a special short take. Uh, First, we have Yesenia giving her PR uh, tip for us and hot take and then followed by, usually I'm going to give myself for future episodes an advertising or marketing hot take, followed by a new story that we've both seen in the news that we really want to get into. But today I'm going to combine all of mine into one. Because, again, I told you, Sydney, I was like, I'm so excited to actually speak with you guys. And I'm sure you guys are buzzing about this because I have a lot to get off my chest. And I'm using this podcast as my venting zone. And to that point, I would love for you guys to also use us as your venting zone. And please email us your comments. Please respond to us on social media, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, It's all market or pitch. Uh, and, And please, just if you have any thoughts, just let us know. If you agree with us, I want to hear our kudos. If you disagree with us, I want to hear from your perspective why you disagree with me. But uh, to that point is we definitely want to inform, stay engaged with you all and and just be informed of all things uh, we're hearing from you of what's going on in your lives.
0: Absolutely, Corey. And I think it's really important as we now going to be diving in into our very first episode of the limited series, Your Opinion Matters. And so if there's anything that you want to comment on, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. We're available across all major social media mediums and as well as email at marketerpitch at gmail.com. So please reach out to us and we'll be happy to correspond back to you. And so, Corey? Let's,
1: Let's get started. You want to go ahead and give us yours?
0: All right. So we're about to launch uh the first episode of short takes with the quick take and so i'm happy to give you my quick pr uh quick take uh which stems from uh pr news where uh where a journalist wrote about uh employee advocacy and why it is important to showcase that across social media in uh, mediums and so my quick and so my PR quick take is to utilize social media efficiently when you promote employee employee advocacy across your mediums. And the reason why I say this is because ever since uh, 2020, especially with, uh, with George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, and the COVID-19 pandemic, we have now seen audiences giving a much sharper increase in terms of social and advocacy-related issues, and especially ones that are impacting employees internally. And so it is up to organizations to utilize their mediums, especially social media, since that is both the primary brand presence, both internally and externally. And so you want to be able to have employees who are well knowledge on the issue, but also the organization fully 100% on that you know, on that advocacy topic, and then be able to re- correlate that story efficiently and effectively across your social media platforms. So have those conversations with your employees, come up with a digital communications strategy, and then why, how, and why it needs to be promoted. So that way, you'll be able to maximize engagement.
1: That's awesome. Uh... And that's your quick take of the, uh, a quick tip of the, of the, of the episode. And, uh, I think that's actually very engaging. That's actually, people should pay for that. I I don't think you should be giving that away for free, but our listeners, because of you are a special market pitch podcast listener, you're getting some of these nuggets for free, but, but yeah, that's, this is definitely a good one and something you guys should look forward to each and each and every single month where your senior and I will give you, uh, some really cool tips that, I think probably should be paid for, but we're giving to you for free. We're giving all the jewels away.
0: Absolutely. It's our way of showing how much we love you. And we definitely want all of you to utilize these tips as you Mm -hmm. further uh, amplify both your marketing and public relations slash communications initiatives and plans. So please, uh, hopefully this tip's This tip helps you out uh, and uh, very much looking forward to be discussing other quick tips that might be useful for our audience.
1: Yes. So this is March. So April, I will have the best quick tips for you guys from a marketing advertising perspective. But today's actually it's uh, my quick tip uh, followed by our new story, which are all all are all entangled together. Uh, It's a it's a little less of a quick tip and more of a uh, more of a warning to brands that are listening, um, and it goes back to, we're coming off the heels of Black History Month. Uh, of course, it's the shortest month of the year. Um, and so you see where I'm going, I'm a little heated today, but uh, the quick tip is for for brands to really become intentional and to stop giving lip service and using diverse audiences as your puppet. That's a lot of what I just said there, and uh, I'll break it down further. Uh we've seen over the past couple of years, of course, Yesenia was just bringing it up after really the catalyst was the killing, unfortunate killing of, um, George Floyd, but there's been countless others, uh, of killings and, and even this year, unfortunately, there's been uh terrible police shooting uh, in Memphis. So we've, we've had police shootings and we've had crazy racism that's happening. And mm-hmm. a lot of brands, rightfully so, and, and advertising agencies and, and big communication companies have have statements saying, what are, what are they actually going to be doing to to move things ahead, to make a just and equitable world? Uh, they said they're going to increase spending. And we saw that. 2021, I think, was a great year. A lot of diverse yeah. audiences were able to benefit from, from brands actually making a stand in the community. Um, but as we've seen from polling, and I believe we talked about it in the past episode, that all went away in 2022, and some of the advances that we're seeing yeah. are are completely gone. And I think brands need to take a stand. And if you have no intentions to really make a difference, uh, and 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 diverse audiences' lives to really build the community up, you don't have to say anything. Um, after George Floyd, I'm pretty sure Halliburton didn't release a statement. Why? Because they have no intentions of doing it. Yeah. Um. You know, if you are a brand, uh, let's say brand A, I'm not going to name any brands, but, uh, but brand A, if you release a statement after the police of George Floyd's letting us know what you're going to be doing internally for the future to make things a just world, I'm going to hold you to it. And if you're not going to do it, then it's more of a slap in your face for you to tell me a story and then go against your word versus a company like Halliburton, for example, and they're just one of many. Who don't say anything at all. Yeah, And people, especially by people, I mean black and brown audiences, uh, they're looking for authentic voices. And they see through corporate bullshit, if I'm being quite honest. And when you release statements and you go against your word, you become part of the problem and not part of the solution. So I would encourage brands to really only make statements and really only to give PR communica- and, and, and communications for things that they're actively looking at doing, versus things they they think the audiences want to hear to make a quick
0: buck. You know what's funny, and I think the fact that my quick tip is coordinated, uh, it's correlated to a certain degree to what you're stating about brands uh, n- not being not being properly prepared in talking about advocacy uh, issues. Uh, it it definitely correlates connect connects i should say to a performative action mm-hmm. and uh we're we're seeing the fact that brands are taking a step back from their promises it's uh from what they made back uh back in 2020 and they're falling back to the same old traps or the same old same old part of my french bullshit that we've been uh that we've been typically been seeing from you know from companies uh Prior to uh, twenty twenty, uh, and so um, we need to now ask ourselves why what's holding them back? Why are they uh, doing these kinds of performative actions? Why aren't they not taking the lead? And then you have to start looking at it from both an external and an internal standpoint. Externally, does it affect their revenue lines? Does it affect their reputation? Or they they simply are, I don't, they're simply too uncomfortable. And not addressing the issue Population should Because either they generally do not know Or they just simply do not care And it's um, and, uh, and it's, it, it doesn't fit to what we uh, You know, to what their standards are
1: I agree And going back to your word performative That's a key, a key buzzword And why I think it's performative Because people who perform Let's look at the definition of performative and perform Performing is acting Doing something that's not your your innately you is acting out something else it's performative because some of these same brands do not have the the black and brown employees at it making just and high level decisions and within their company yep. so you're allowing yourself to to hear from other white white just putting it bluntly yep. um men and women who 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 are making decisions what they think is the right thing versus actually having somebody who's black or brown, who's a decision maker within your company can say like, hey, that's actually w- what we shouldn't be doing or hey, this is actually the right decision. So I think a lot of these companies have to look internally like as you were just saying, Yersinia, mm-hmm. is to look at what it. What do I need to do to really make a difference? And if you don't wanna make a difference, I'm a totally okay with that. I have no idea if uh, Volkswagen, I drive a Volkswagen, I have no idea what their stances are but are they actively making uh, making statements after after a police killing? No, they are not. So, if you don't have anything to say, it's okay not to say anything, but if you do have something to say, I'm going to hold you very accountable to it, and when you don't and when you go against your word, I'm going to be the first one to call you out for it.
0: There has been reports that um, that have been coming out across the trades where uh, a lot of the those diversity roles, especially those on the senior executive levels, they're starting to disappear. Mhm. Uh, And so um, you now have to legitimately question as to why those, um, you know, as to why those kinds of those kinds of roles are disappearing. And also what has the organization done across talent management levels to further increase the mobility of black and brown talent. And you also have to if you're going to be very, you know, if you're going to be very dedicated you need to you need to be truly genuine to the cause you can't just simply say oh we're going to be doing this and this and just so in the end you go back on your word and you know and it doesn't work out we're becoming a much more multiracial uh country uh and we're starting and many consumers are seeing right through the bull uh the the lack of authenticity uh towards diverse messaging and so you know for these you know for these brands you need to have representation you need to start building genuine uh you know genuine avenues you know for talent to not only rise up but you also have to look at initiatives both internally and externally from programs to workshops training sessions and being and and developing different types of groups whether it's ERGs or affinity um, groups whatever it is whatsoever you need to genuinely do an, an entire overhaul of your organization and see uh what you have and and what you're willing to put in. and you got to have senior management uh be fully involved and it starts at the top and um and and unfortunately we have to say this and you've reiterated the fact is that the majority of corporate america regardless of the industry industry sector that you work in and both you and i have worked in marketing and uh, marketing and pr respectively the majority of it is white and so you have a you have a Uh, A demographic who still to this day doesn't still has not gotten into grasp uh, as to the ramifications of what, uh, you know, what the atrocities uh, that black and brown people have gone through, and they still don't genuinely understand as to why. Black and brown communities uh, feel or individuals feel the way that they do. And you also have to look at the system because, at the end of the day, it's the system that is preventing talent and as well as different kinds of messaging from getting out to the masses. And so you have to ask uh, about the system itself. It needs to be overhauled, but, how, but, to, but to what extent? Because there's going to be people out there who are going to be defending the system that is already, we already know it's bound to fail, mm-hmm. it's going to collapse. And so, and there's no stopping it. Sorry, guys, hate to, hate to break the news to you. Uh, and so why are people so persistent in preserving a, uh, in preserving a, a damaging system that it's, not, you know, that it's not efficient for everybody? They're not making it equitable for all. And so if you're gonna be talking about DEIA, if you're gonna be promoting uh, different types of digital uh, slash uh, advocacy communications and marketing, you need to do a full-blown sweep. Uh, and and measure the sentiment from not only your internal staff but also externally from your audience as well, uh, and then and genuinely be put your best foot forward in in the movement and be like we're going to be doing these changes and hold us accountable. We're going to be doing this by so and so because if you're not going to have every if if you don't have the full support of the team and if uh, if you if you don't have. You, you, the, the leadership, the right, the, and the, and the, and the correct mindset. Then it's, it's bound for failure.
1: Yeah. I agree. And I just to add it, and I know we're, we're running long. We're turning yeah. our short takes to long takes. Yeah. But this is just infuriating to me. So this is all coming coming about because, uh, everyone knows. I'm gonna have to get into the hoopla of Twitter. We talked about this ad nauseum on a few episodes. Yeah Everyone knows Elon Musk bought, Elon Musk bought Twitter. Everyone knows that some of the, the level of nonsense that he's been spewing on his uh, platform, his private company. Yeah everyone knows uh, you know, just some of the right wing right wingers who now feel emboldened by Elon Musk owning Twitter coming back to Twitter. Mm-hmm. So when that initially came out, a lot of brands said, like, we're, we're, we're cutting Twitter off. we're not advertising on yeah. it. Um, that was a few months, few months, few months back, probably November, December, um, and last week, Elon Musk actually tweeted, um, and I quote: "I don't want to get this wrong, and I don't want Elon Musk to sue marketer pitch because he probably <laughs> would." Uh, but he actually tweeted that um, that the media is racist against white and Asians, <laughs> and you know I'm not going to get into like the how unequivocally false that is i'm gonna get into any yeah. details on i'll try to defend that one if you actually believe and al that you are probably listening to the wrong podcast but two i'm not really gonna get into it but i just realized this is what the founder of a company is actually still tweeting to this day and meanwhile the same exact week that he announced those crazy tweets wpp which is one of the four holding big advertising holding companies, ceo actually said Twitter seems to be more stable than the last few months than perhaps it was towards the end of last year. And I think clients want to start looking how they can come back to Twitter. The same clients four months back who said, we're leaving, we're going to leave the platform. We're going to stop our pause spending because of some of the egregious tweets and egregious opinions from Elon Musk. When he just said the most egregious thing is possible today, last week, Uh, they all are looking to come back. Why? Because in their minds, the audiences are still there and they care more about advertising than they do about actually making a stand and a principle. And it goes back to their say, goes back to my earlier point. Halliburton didn't say anything at all. So I'm not going to give, and I'm, I'm sorry, Halliburton, I'm using you as a scapegoat, but it's just one example. I'm not going to really defend them. But a company uh, who, who who put a pause a few months back or holding companies like a WPP mm-hmm. that advise all their clients to stop spending, why all of a sudden did what change? The, the messaging from elon musk got worse but you're ready. it's celebrating twitter coming back to twitter and because of that twitter stock has gone up so there's a level of uh blip service and level of just uh 180 to me it just it just shows how disengaged some of these brands are to their audiences and if some and some people start voicing their opinion boycotting some of your products then you have to look from within to realize i made a mistake and maybe i should not have gone out against Twitter if I knew I would come right back home.
0: And I want to make a quick point before we wrap up. It's a conflict of interest from a messaging standpoint, but we're also seeing due to the toxicity of the culture for individuals, if you say something that goes against the primary narrative, you are going to get blasted, Mm -hmm. slandered, canceled. Uh, whatever it is to prevent any real truth telling to be uh, spread out to the masses mm-hmm. because unfortunately we are living in an extremely heavy narrative state where the majority of the messaging is controlled by the most powerful corporate oligarchs mm-hmm. uh, imaginable and they need to have that and obviously it uh, comes down to money power and influence as we all know but because they control all of the primary media avenues and mediums they control the messaging which means they could shape shift any kind of narrative that they want and because of that they bring they brainwash the masses into believing that and so and this has been something that has been going on for a very long time and so for those who are Desperately trying to break out of that matrix and to and to start telling the truth, no matter how brutal it is. people uh, who have those differences of opinions are getting slandered uh, and uh, and or cancelled because of it, and then and that is wrong beyond uh, beyond belief. But that is something that it has been increasing for quite some time, and unfortunately, it's becoming more dangerous.
1: Agree, and that's with that. That's the end of my my take. <laughs> I had got it off my chest. I was I'm happy about this, but but yeah, you
0: feel relieved, Corey. I feel
1: relieved. I'm cooling down. There you go.
0: <laughs> and that you know that's what short takes is all about. It's all up, it's about talk giving our you know our quick vision our. You know, our quick uh, vision as to what we're seeing in the marketing and PR fields and why it's important for you, our marketer pitching community, to not only be aware, but to learn and educate yourselves about Mm -hmm. it. And so with that, that wraps up our very first episode of the Limited Series, Marketer Pitch Presents Short Takes. Corey, any last words? Uh,
1: No. I hope everyone has a great rest of their month and looking forward to connecting with you guys all uh, next month.
0: Absolutely. Well, uh, with that, thank you all so very much for listening to our very first episode of the Limited Series, which will be running its course until September. And don't forget, we are... Ecstatic that Marketer Pitch will soon be making its grand season four returned in, uh, in the fall. We're gonna be offering more details about that. So if, to access this episode and as well as everything on the Marketer Pitch library, be you'll be able to access it across all major podcasting mediums, YouTube, and the Helium Radio Network like share comment subscribe to the this limited series and as well as the podcast in general uh, and don't forget if you have any comments or questions please we want to hear for you hit hit those hit those dms and email us at marketer at gmail.com otherwise we will see you next month for episode two of the limited series short takes take care everyone bye